Hi there! Welcome to The Golden Age, a podcast all about the youth of today and how we go about navigating our current world. I'm your host, Bilal Bertai, a high school student who's in desperate need of some life advice. Each week, a guest and I will dive into a topic that we find relevant to our current lives. We'll talk about everything from podcasting, to money, to education, and even relationships, and anything in between. Okay, I think I hear you now. Okay, can you... Okay, good. Um, Should we get started? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Um... (laughs) Let's get into my podcasting voice. The runs, you know, just get those vowels and consonants right. Yeah. Okay. I'm starting in three, two, one. Hey, everyone. Welcome to episode one. Today, I am joined with a very, very special guest and probably the hardest working student I know, Evan Wu. Hi, Evan. <laughs> Hi, Bilal. Thanks for having me on the podcast today. Um, Should I introduce myself? Yeah, for sure. Go ahead. Yeah. So my name is Evan Wu. I am 16 going into grade 11 in high school. Um, Some of my hobbies include um, playing video games, um, playing volleyball. And I'm also part of a lot of different organizations, um, including DECA, Student Senate for the Toronto District School Board, student council um, and a lot of other clubs and activities. I also just founded a brand new startup organization called Papillon Youth. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so Evan, do you want to, should, should we tell them about how we, how we met and like how we got connected? Yeah, sure. Um, so I think we we're, uh, I was on student Senate and I was, um, gearing up for our grade 9, 10 leadership retreat where different students from different grades come to um, the retreat. And Bilal just happened to be at my school and came and I didn't know him. Um, we got to to know each other and then we both ran for positions on Student Senate. And um, we've I've had the pleasure of working with Bilal for, I think, almost two years now. So it's, it's pretty nice. We also coordinated, I think, the walkout together as well. Um, the provincial walkout when we um, said no to job cuts from um, the government of Ontario um, for education back in 2019, and so um, it's been a it's been a long journey. <laughs> it has been. Um, so actually, fun fact: I knew you before you knew me because you were like quite the character at school. So like our our entire grade mostly like knew you even if you didn't know like us individually <laughs> and you had like um talking parts during like our um like our relays and just like uh, you've been around so like people at school like knew you which is mm-hmm. it's really hard in a school of 2000 people but like you definitely have stood out amongst us thank you thank you i'd like to say for you as well you know like um i think you got voted most likely to be like prime minister on the yearbooks this year yep yeah that's that's bala barty everyone <laughs> bartai Barte. i keep messing ba- it up it's a bart it's like bartai like mm-hmm. there's like an i at the end mm-hmm. like bartai yeah. 
you know. Hello, Bartai, future prime minister of Canada. One day, one day we'll get there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah. So today we are going to talk about like the education system, school, how we feel about it. So, but before we do that, so each week I have a random question from a deck of questions that I have assembled, and I'll be asking each of um, each week's guest a different question. And so, Evan, your question is: mm -hmm. If you were the mayor of your city, what would you change? Oh, wow. Um, you really put me on the spot here. <laughs> <laughs> it can be very major, very minor, like whatever you, whatever you really want to change in our city. Um, in our city, I mean, there's a lot of problems in our city. I think we can all agree. Um, I think the biggest problem right now is just the way that money is spent, things that are spent. I know um, it's it's a big thing to tackle, but it just frustrates me how like so much money is just wasted, if it makes sense. Like when things could be done cheaper, like even in the education system, if money could just be spent more wiser, then frankly, these job cuts wouldn't mean too much. Uh, not job cuts, uh, funding cuts wouldn't mean too much because the money would just be spent more wisely. But um, I feel like a lot of money is just going down the drain in different places that don't need to be, um, and we're wasting tax people's money. So it's a big thing to tackle, but uh, I think that's what I would like to crack down on. I know it's not publicly like the biggest thing, oh, we're building a subway station, and then everyone's like applauding you, at, but um, I really care about what goes on, and so I think that's what I would tackle. Well said. So for those of you who aren't familiar, here in the city of Toronto, recently we had lots and lots of education cuts to the Toronto District School Board and actually the entire, like every school board. Province of Ontario. In the province of Ontario. And there have been multiple strikes and multiple walkouts trying to oppose these cuts. However, we're still in the battle to try and do something. But due to COVID-19, everything was put to a stop and the battle will probably resume um, late next year or whenever we can gather in groups of more than 10. Yeah. Um, I also want to clarify that like any of the points that uh, myself or Bilal says like aren't affiliated with anything we're part of. This is like strictly our views, like our personal views and shouldn't be like um, affiliated with anything else. Just want to make that clear. Everything here is purely opinion and has nothing to do with our outside affiliations. That being said, that was a great segue into the, the topic at hand today, which is education. So let's get right into it. What are your, tell me a bit about your personal struggles with education, whether that be the system, maybe something more personal, maybe something on, like more specified, whatever that may be. Um, for me, it's the system. It's a system that people didn't want in the first place, let's say. Um, when Toronto was seven different sort of like, I know what you call it, boroughs, towns. Um, and they said, oh, let's merge Toronto together. Um, frankly, people voted against it, but they still did it anyways. Um, so Toronto's not this big city and um, all the school boards sort of merged together and it's 
it's really difficult in this huge system to sort of achieve anything, in my opinion, because it's just so frustrating to um, constantly wait for direction. But it's like there's just so much to handle and take care of. I feel like not even just in um, Toronto and like all our different school boards, like teachers find it so hard to um, sometimes do what they want because they're so limited by the regulations, rules, whatnot. Um, I know in my uh, academic program at school, we're supposed to go to Algonquin. And um, I know that the board um, has a hard time with the trip because of all the liabilities and everything. And um, even camping overnight at Algonquin for a week is really a challenge because um, it's, there's just, it feels like the whole board or everything is just working against what you're trying to do and what you're trying to keep. Um, and I think it's getting harder because of all the new rules and regulations and events that happen more and more as we um, keep going from like the past, I'd say like a decade ago, things were a little more lax. <laughs> um, more things were being able to achieve. More things were able to be achieved. And now, um, yeah, it's just a struggle. I feel like teachers um, are retiring faster too now because they just, they're so fed up with the system that even though they love teaching and want to teach, they just don't want to deal with it anymore. Um, and I've, yeah, that's a big problem that I've seen. Yeah, that definitely sounds pretty much right. It feels that the board has been very stagnant for a very long time when it comes to implementing changes and addressing issues within the actual system. And yeah, so my next question was actually, <laughs> Um, what were some strategies used to overcome these struggles, but your struggle seems to be a very major one. So I don't think there was much you could have done to deal with the systemic change that could be implemented. Yeah, I know. Um, like even with student council, it was just my philosophy was just ignore <laughs> and do my best um, within what I was given. Um, the parameters I was given, but it's frustrating when you're trying to like host events and do stuff with st uh, student council and, you know, you're constantly being told no because X, Y, Z, um, and not because like the principals don't want you to, it's just like they don't find a place in whatever they've been told not to do to be able to do it. Yeah, that, that very well said. So um, when it came to like, student senate which is basically for those of you who don't know again student senate is basically student activity council but at a much wider scale so it's supposed to be for toronto and i know you mentioned that the merging of like seven different cities quote unquote in the very beginning and that's what became the toronto district school board would you say that it's much harder to connect with students across the city now that we're like extremely large and you have thousands and thousands and thousands of students from like across the board trying to express their own different opinions? I mean, this is a no brainer, like from living in North York, someone who wants to connect with like someone in Scarborough or Etobicoke downtown, like obviously it's going to be a lot harder. <laughs> yeah. True. true. Mm -hmm. And okay. So what do you feel is being done well in the system? So let's focus on a more positive light. 
see, here's why I get stuck because there's so much more that could be done, in my opinion, and I think in everyone's opinions, um, something good. Um, I think that no matter how much we cl- complain about our education, like when we compare it to other countries, it sounds really dumb <laughs> because we're so behind um, just in North America. Um, the fact that, you know, every student has access to free education, I don't know how much of a big deal that is um, because in we're just fortunate in that way. Like we can complain, but we're so fortunate to have, you know, every student be able to have free education uh, to literally the end of high school. Um, I think that's still amazing in itself. And it makes me proud to live in, in Canada. For sure. And what, what wish, what do you wish could be done better? Um, maybe like anything specifically that you wish could be done better within our school system? Um, I, I feel like it's just so frustrating because any changes, it's sort of like a democratic process, not really kind of like we have trustees voting, but, um, it's just frustrating that any sort of like decision has to go by them, go by them, go by them, go by them. Like they only have so many hours in the day. They only have so many issues that they care about. And it's just like, they sit in meetings until like really late at night to struggle stuff. And I like, I admire that um, so much, but I feel like it's just such a burden load. Um, and, and there's changes that literally just need to be made. I feel like on an executive level, just be like, this needs to change, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in your opinion, do you have like anything that you that you're really passionate about that you wish could change? Like, um, like, let's not put it, let's not take into consideration like actual trustees and the process, but something that you wish could at the snap of your fingers, you could change? What would it be? Um, definitely the approved vendors list. I think the TSB has like a sort of approved vendors list. I don't know if other boards have it probably. But um, it's pretty bad because you cannot get anything anywhere else but this special list. And it turns out the special list is pretty darn expensive. Um, and so it's just like you're wasting money, spending money on these proofed vendors. Um, I don't know. So they can't get sued or something. I have no, that's probably why. But it's just so frustrating that that's the only way teachers have expressed their concern over over it because they can't get anything anywhere else. Um, And it's like, we're literally wasting money. I think there was an article writing about how they spent like, what, a hundred something dollars on replacing a single pencil sharpener. Um, And it was like insane because those hundred dollars could be spent somewhere else that's needed. Um, And this is what I also mean by like the way that things the way that money is spent um, and just the funding behind it. And so if I could fix something at the stop of my finger, fingers, I'd say, you know, it'd be that list. Interesting. That is such a big issue with the TDSB, like in general, when it comes to budgeting and funding and all of anything money, money related just is always a tough conversation to have, whether that be like in the classroom in your own separate clubs on a much grander scale. And I think anyone who's had any sort of connection to the TDSB would definitely agree. 
And yeah, so what do you wish the board would stop doing? Like anything that the board is doing right now that you wish wasn't happening? Or let's take this to a grander scale, not just the board, the general school system. Not listening. I feel Mm -hmm. like we're not being heard on a board level, uh, like a government level, um, even in our own schools. I feel like students just aren't being heard enough. And I really mean that when I say it. So many students are, are being ignored. And when the overwhelming majority thinks one thing, you know, it doesn't matter because frankly, it's not in our place to say anything or decide. I, that's the impression that I've been given um, off from different schools, from my friends. Um, we come last in a system that should be putting us first. And I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> no, no, that was really well put. That was um, very straight to the point. And I definitely agree like to the 100%. Now, why don't we talk about something more minuscule, something more minor? How about the education itself? So your studies, your courses, anything you really want to touch upon that, whether that be good or bad, feel free to do so. Um, how about like courses? Um, how do you feel about the courses that are currently being offered within our board and mm-hmm. generally the, the education that's provided for us, like on a city scale, on a global scale, how do you feel about that? I mean, I think our courses are, are decent. They teach what needs to be taught. Um, so it, I think the courses themselves I mean they could be harder they could be better but like the way that we learn up to elementary I don't think all the students would be able to handle um, a harder course load and so like high school in itself is already like um, it's fine but when you look at other countries and when you compare globally um, from from being um, from an East Asian background I know that like we're really behind when it comes to to academics. Um, but I think the difference here is that in Canada, we value a lot more different things like sports, you know, like character development, um, team building, like communication um, skills, leadership skills. And those are things we capitalize on because they matter n- more than just you know, academics. Um, so in that way, I think I think it makes sense and it kind of makes up for how we're a little behind on the academics. Okay, yeah, cool. And why don't we talk about a little more of a touchy subject, teachers. So how do you feel about the teachers in our school or maybe teachers in general, whichever, whichever one you would like to talk about? Oh, I mean, I love the teachers at our school. Um, even though I'm switching schools this year, I I really love um, the staff for sure. Um, but definitely some stand out over others, and it really, really shows. Uh, I mean, the whole school knows which teachers they are. You could just tell by their energy walking in the hallway. Um, and then there's some teachers that don't really care. And... I think it's time to sort of bring in that new generation 
um, there's a waiting list of like a few hundred teachers, honestly, just who are so eager to teach with young minds, young brains, um, and they could bring such positive and fresh energy into the class. Um, and I feel like some teachers just don't deliver <laughs> and it's time to sort of move on, you know, um, bring in that new generation because it's, it's time. It's really time. Yeah. I wish personally, I wish they're like some of the older teachers, I wish they'd start implementing some, some newer concepts and some newer technology into their classroom. Um, it feels certain classes, not all, but it does feel that certain teachers are still teaching the same way they did like back in the nineties. And it's frustrating at times, but most of the time it's like, okay, I just need to wait one hour and then I get out of this class. But <laughs> um, yeah, like I always keep checking the clock. <laughs> that's what I, I, I segment my times. Like I'm like, okay, four 20 minutes left. <laughs> and every 20 minutes is two 10 minutes. Like I just have to get past every 10 minutes and I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you feel about that? Like implementing new concepts, new technologies, new ideas into the classroom. How do you see that playing out? Definitely agree with what you're saying, but I think like it's hard to change old habits from the past. You've been teaching for, sorry, <laughs> you've been okay. teaching for decades. Um, I don't think there's any room for change, honestly. Like at that point, <laughs> it's pretty hard. Um, definitely want to see new teachers come into the system within like the next 10 years. Yeah, 10 years is a really large scale. Like 10 years, we're done our education. <laughs> like, um, 10 years working. is short in the grand scheme of any sort of change, not gonna lie. Exactly, yeah. yeah. That is definitely true. Yeah. Yeah, also another thing I've sort of noticed is like opportunity for students. There's, it's so uneven. I wouldn't say uneven, but like the opportunities available to one student may differ completely from another simply because of the like the school you go to the neighborhood you're in um even the teachers you're getting and i feel like these opportunities are just so important for student growth and development um, and it's frustrating to sort of see that some students aren't uh, given access to these opportunities no matter what school board they're in um because of those reasons and so i i really want to see some sort of um development and opportunities that are available to all students um, and have people realize the importance of finding sort of these extra opportunities, um, not just the courses and academics, but these opportunities that, you know, stick with students for a lifetime, whether it be, you know, a trip to some uh, camp up north, it could be even a day downtown skiing, I don't know, just these small opportunities that will stick with people from high school for the rest of their lives. Um, and I really hope to see this be available to more students um, because it's just, I find it that important. Absolutely. One thing I would like to touch upon is the fact that some, some students go to like, and these are, I have friends that do this, but some um, kids our age go to school just for the sole purpose of learning and I wish schools in general tried to focus more on the connections, more on the opportunities, more on the the actual experience 
of school rather than okay you're coming in here just to learn and then you can leave as much as i as much as i think it is important to learn um i think there's also something about like getting to meet new people getting to experience new things getting to do stuff that you wouldn't have otherwise that's just equally as important to learning and how do you feel about that oh yeah i agree i mean i'm not in any place to tell people to not just go there and study and go home (laughs) i mean i know it gets tougher in the older grades as well but school is just a place to explore and make mistakes that you know, later on, you won't be able to make (laughs) because, you know, the older you grow, the more mistakes you make, the harder it gets. Um, But school is just, it's a free place to explore. Um, There's so many diverse and different courses um, and even like extracurriculars. I know I picked up curling. I thought it was some elite sport that only, you know, the Olympic players would get to do, but I, (laughs) we have a curling team and I was like, you know what, I'll give it a shot. Um, and it was an amazing experience and it's just things like that, that, you know, you can't just get from sitting in a classroom, studying and going home. Um, I mean, if you enjoy that by all means, sure. But my piece of advice would be, you know, try something new, uh, before, before school ends and you graduate. Exactly right. You, that's pretty much exactly my thought process. Also, I feel high school specifically is so centered around this pre-professional nature of you're studying to go to university you're studying to go to college you're studying to you're studying for your future and whatever you do now is directly going to impact your future and i find that even more prominent when it comes to grades and test scores and like what courses you're taking I really, so actually, I think, I don't know when they changed this, but a few years back, we had grade 13, right? So it goes up until grade 12 now, which is basically this, our senior year, but it used to go up until grade 13. And it yeah. put a lot of, like, it took off a lot of stress from students because now instead of four years, you have five years to really decide what you want to do and really come up with your life goal, even like grade 13 by any means isn't like late enough for you to decide what you want to do for the rest of your life. However, it's definitely an improvement. And I really wish they kept that because right now, like both of us are going into grade 11, which is our junior year. And I've heard my guidance counselor say many times, like this is where things start to get serious. And this is where you need to start choosing your courses wisely. And because right now is when your decisions really impact the rest of your life. And for us to be making decisions that will impact the rest of our life at 16 years old is crazy to me. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, being Having to decide now, I always hear people when they start applying for university, like this is such an early age to, to decide things. And frankly, this is why so many people switch in university. Like you never really know what you want to do. Um, And also losing grade 13, um, all the courses were kind of dumbed down a bit uh, to make it easier and to fit into four years. Courses were merged. um, And while that was happening, universities were like, oh, (laughs) 
now here's like why are we getting all these dumb people all of a sudden um and it's because like everything's just gotten easier and so universities have to dumb things down and then you know you just it's it's not great but i mean we see why it was done it's just that it's so hard to again be able to decide what you want in such a short span of time exactly and i feel like we have it worse here in canada because for those of you who aren't familiar when you're applying to university here you apply for a major or like a specialist or a my well you apply for a um career pathway and you're basically stuck to do that for the next four years obviously you can like switch out opt out and do um all that hard work to switch your major but like you apply with majors which is like different from the u.s where you can go in undecided or just choose a general direction that you want to go to and then focus more on it when you have decided what you really want to do but here it's definitely a little harder and yeah <laughs> mm-hmm, for sure exactly yeah um anything else you would like to talk about before we start wrapping up um any pressing thoughts on your mind i just really hope to see some change in the future <laughs> even if i'm not in the system you know it's one that i really firmly believe in and i believe that there could be so much more done um if there was less talk more action um and people would, like genuinely cared about what they did um and so i really hope that um we see that sometime in the in the future for sure with our with our new generation bright binds <laughs> um and eager to do things i i feel like i there's some hope there definitely is some hope <laughs> i definitely believe so too well evan thank you so much for being on this episode of the golden age do you have anything to to promote before we finish up oh um yeah you could check out our podcast um out of the cocoon it's part of papillon youth and so um if you're sort of into this stuff then we might sort of see Bilal in the future maybe <laughs> as a guest <laughs> um, as well um you can check out my instagram evan woo 222 um and you can see all of sort of what i do there more about me um yeah thanks for having me on the podcast once again um i really appreciate Bilal, and i hope that this podcast sort of blooms and blossoms into something um, bigger and greater and i i can't wait to see that in the future Thank you so much. That was so sweet of you. Thank you to listening to the Golden Age podcast. Make sure to leave a five-star review wherever possible and follow us on Instagram at the Golden Age podcast. This has been your host, Bilal Bartai, and I'll see you next week.